Hi there. You are listening to a message recorded by High Point Life. To listen to more messages and to find out more about our church, head over to our website at highpointlife.com. Good morning, church. This morning, right, um, the topic that I'm going to share on is on this, uh, it, it continues on the series of, uh, of the team restoration, right? So we're we going to be looking at the topic new creation this morning, okay? New creation. Okay, um, the passage of focused this morning is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, right? Which is a very familiar passage to, to most of us, I believe. And um, the notion of being a new creation, sometimes it's something that we, many of us struggle with. I struggle with it. I don't know about you, but I struggle with this notion, right? So I used to ask the Lord. I said, Lord, um, for many years as a Christian, I, I, I didn't see much changes in my life. And then uh, and I, I, when I looked at myself in the mirror, sometimes when we look at ourselves in the mirror, perhaps we don't like who we see. Okay, and um, we, we, we struggle with that because the Bible says we are supposed to be like this, but when we look in the mirror, we, we, we ask ourselves, are we really like this, right? As what the Bible, uh, the Bible says. And, and so, as I struggled with this, I wondered what this Bible verse meant. Okay, I am a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. We are not whom other people say we are. We are not whom we feel we are. And the, the song also says, who the sun sets free is free indeed, right? So whatever is from the past, whatever baggage is from the past, whatever issues come from the past, right, is already been dealt with on the cross when Jesus died and he rose again, amen? But, but very often in our lives, we, we don't seem to be able to, um, to connect with this. We don't seem to be able to... Uh, see this as a reality in our lives. And, and so we struggle with this, right? I don't know about you, but I, I have said this often, right? Uh, hey, come on, la. you know, we are only human, right? We are only human. And, and so we, we, we tend to use this to justify uh, the, the difference between what the Word of God says we are versus how we are living our lives. And then, and then we... we, we echo these words that, that we are only human, right? And we sing this daily in our lives without even realizing it. Perhaps it's echoing in our heads. And I believe, yes, there's place for grace because, uh, you know, our God is a God of grace. Um, but at the same time, today we want to look at biblically how do we look at ourselves as new creations and how do we allow the Holy Spirit to come and work Right to work this out in our lives so that we can really be living as new creation creations. Okay. Many of us still hold on to the past, perhaps without even realizing it. We choose to believe that our past defines us, and and sometimes, like myself, for a period of time, I used to have a very defensive or victim mindset, right? Because I came from a broken family and, and my, uh, you know, my, my dad wasn't the best dad. And so the way I responded to people, even after I became a believer, was, was often defined by that. 
Okay? And, and it's something that I had to learn, right? And I struggled with it. The question that we have to ask ourselves is this, right? Um, how do we move away from this? The first point I want to bring home today is this. Our ability to live victoriously as a new creation in Christ is directly correlated with the degree of Jesus' lordship in our lives. Okay? 2 Corinthians 5.15 And, and uh, this is the verse preceding the key verse, which is verse 17 we're going to look at, right? And this is what the Bible says. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for, for Christ, who died and was raised for them. And so the belief of us being new creations, uh, where the old has passed and the new has come, it cannot be separated from the principle of the Lordship of Jesus in our lives, right? So the question I want to ask you today, the question I want to ask myself today is this, who owns your life? I mean, it's, it's easy for us to say, oh, it's Jesus, I've given my life to him, you know, yeah, I got baptized, I, I come to church on a Sunday, I, you know, I, I serve on the worship team, I serve on the AV team, I serve on the hospitality team, right? I, I'm a cell group leader, I'm a life zone leader, but really, the reality is, uh, who owns our life? And, and we can really know the answer of to this question by reflecting on the fruit that we see being born in our life, you know, through this relationship that we have with our Lord, right? And um, so I want to give us this, this, uh, this analogy, right? Uh, sometimes, you know, when, when, we, when we became believers, right, we, we shifted teams, okay, we shifted teams. I know a lot of football fans here, right? So, uh, and, and we have all these transfer windows and then you have got uh, really good players stuck in bad teams and then suddenly you, uh, you get an opportunity and then in the transfer window you, you, you sign a contract and you move to a good team. And suddenly you see that this player starts to thrive because you know, he's now in the atmosphere that allows him to do so, right? Now, that's very much like how us believers are because the reality is, right, we used to be stuck in a very, very bad team, okay? But now, God has come and has given us this new contract and, and you, have, have, you have this opportunity of, uh, of now really coming into all that God has meant you to be, right, in this new team, but in order to do that, you have to play by the rules that God has set. Are you following me? Right? So, it's like when Ronaldo came to Manchester United, right? Uh, and he struggled this season. It was because somehow I just felt that, well, at least this is my personal view, don't take it, don't take it uh, uh, what, offensively, uh, you Manchester United fans, but I mean, when, when he came, he struggled to really, uh, really, you know, really, I would say, fit in and, and really show his best ability because he was struggling with the atmosphere, he was struggling with the people, he was struggling with, uh, with perhaps uh, some of the managers and what they expected, right? And sometimes we Christians are like that, yeah? We, we, we just 
feel that, uh, and we are stuck in the past, right? We are stuck in the past. We feel that, you know, perhaps uh, some of the things of the past are better. And, and God is asking us this morning, church, that it's time to let go, okay? I want you to know that it's time to let go, right? It's time to let go. So the matter of lordship is foundation to the Christian faith and our salvation. We once used to live for ourselves. It was all about what we wanted, right? It was all about our dreams, my dreams, my hope, my desires, my goal. And everything revolved around the principles and values that, that allowed me to achieve those things. Are you following me? The principles and values that allowed, us, allowed me to achieve my goals, my dreams, my hope, my desires. But as a new creation, as we now uh, shift teams, as we now come into this, uh, this team that, that has so much potential for our lives and we know that victory is already ours, our old manager, who's our old manager? Mr. Who? Satan, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Satan, right? Our old manager is there prodding us, you know, telling us uh, and, 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 and telling us uh, uh, how we should live our lives. And instead of following our new manager, right, we still lean towards the old days that we long for and, you know, we, we still hear his voice. And he has made us a slave. Some of us are slaves to the past. But the song says today that who the sun sets free has been set free indeed. Yes, you are set free. So now that we are in Christ, in order to experience this promise of being a new creation, we have to deal with this matter of the Lordship. Number two, our ability to live victoriously as, new creation, as a new creation requires us to recognize who we are in Christ. Our ability to live victoriously as a new creation requires us to recognize who we are in Christ. So who are we in Christ? Let's go to the next verse. 2 Corinthians 5.16 So we, this is what Paul says, right? So he continues by saying, So we have stopped evaluating others from a, from a what? human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know Him now. And how differently we should know each other now. Because we are not just only human. Amen? Yeah? Can you see what Paul is trying to say here? We have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Why? Because the next verse, verse 17, he talks about how we are new creations. So as new creations, we should stop evaluating ourselves from a human point of view. Okay? We should stop evaluating ourselves from a human point of view because God doesn't look at us uh, through the eyes of humanity. right? Because humanity is a failed humanity. You following me, church? Humanity is a failed humanity. And so God does not look at us through the eyes of a failed humanity. God looks at us as the perfect creation that He created in the Garden of Eden when He, when he said it is very good, right? 
that's how God looks at us and Jesus came to restore this, right? And that's who the new creation is. The new creation is you being restored to your original design that God meant for you and I. We have to first see ourselves this way. So the question is this, how does God see you and I? Do we know? The only way we are going to know is if you dig into your Bibles and really read and allow the truth of the Word to come and displace the lies that you have in your mind, to come and, to come and uproot the lies that you have in your mind, to come and uproot the lies I have in, in my mind of who I am as a child of God, right? He sees us as cleansed and forgiven. Do you really see yourself as cleansed and forgiven or are you carrying around with you guilt and condemnation that the, that the enemy is continue, continually bombarding you with? He sees us as empowered because he has empowered us with every single spiritual gift we need to live a victorious life. And so we are, we are to stop saying we are only human and hold on to our past and, and stop holding on to our past hurts, our, our past family circumstances or our upbringing or our environments that we are in and, and, stop, and stop using that as a crutch, right, to justify why we are like this today. Even though we might not see it manifesting yet, it starts with just recognizing this truth, okay? So our ability to live victoriously as new creation requires us to recognize who we are in Christ. Verse 17 says this, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Right? So this, this is the key verse I was talking about. If you truly belong to Christ, can you see what it says there? Has become, right? Has become a new creation, a new person. The old life is gone, the new life has, be has become. It has become. You have already become a new creation. You are already a new creation. You are a new creation. Let's move on to point number three. Our ability to live victoriously as a new creation requires us to what? To fully believe we are already sanctified. Many of us say that sanctification is a lifelong journey. It's also true. But the reality is that you're already sanctified. Now, I want to dive a little bit deeper into this, right? Now, we, we read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, 16, 17, right? Now, we're going back to 14. Now, this is what Paul says before he even started uh, sharing about us being a new creation, right? This is what he says. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. I want you to take note of this. This is a very important verse. Yeah? We also what? Believe. Say believe. We also believe. Now church, this is key. It all boils down to what you believe. Right? See, he, he contrasts the belief of our sanctification with the belief of our salvation. Can you see that? So the same belief, the same belief that you had when you said, yes, I believe that Jesus died for me, that Jesus rose from the dead, that same kind of faith, that same kind of belief you have to have right now, right, to believe that you are already sanctified, that you have already died to your old life, right? 
Can you see that? And so that faith needs to, uh, to manifest itself. Once you recognize the truth, you need to have the same faith. Just like once you recognize the truth that Jesus died for you and you had that faith to receive that truth and then you were saved, you need to now recognize that truth and then you need to have that faith to believe that you have already died your old life, you're already sanctified and then it manifests itself, right? So this is key, right? So the breakthrough starts when you and I, we choose to believe that we are brand new in Christ. But what you need to do is to not listen to what the world says, but believe what the Bible says, that we have already died to our old life. Hallelujah. So the sanctification has already happened. So just as Jesus told the two blind men, remember? What did he tell them when he healed the two blind men? Uh, be it to you according to your faith. So that's what Jesus is saying to you today. Do you look at yourself in the mirror and, and not like the person you, you see? Do you continue to get stuck in those things? Jesus is saying to you this morning, my dear friend, be it to you according to your faith. So what is your faith like today? Are you going to believe the lie that I'm still this imperfect person. I, I, I still have all these things and Lord is going to take me, uh, you know, decades to get rid of these things. Are you going to believe what the Bible says? That I am a new creation. That I'm already born again. That I already have been sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. So it requires us daily doing that. Romans 6, 10 to 11, what, what, what did he say? When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. Right? He died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should what? Should consider yourselves, should believe, should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin. Can you see that? Again, it's about faith. So I'm going to ask you a question today. What do you believe? How do you consider yourself? Do you consider yourself to be only human, my dear brother and sister? Do I consider myself to be only human? And so I, I, I continue to use that as a crutch to justify my weaknesses, to justify my failings. Or am I going to, as Paul says, consider myself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through whom? Through Christ Jesus. And even when we look at the, um, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, right? Sometimes we wonder, wow, it's such a high calling. But the, the reality is that God has already deposited in you the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, right? The gentleness, everything that you and I need, God has already deposited it in you and in me. And so it is by grace and by the regenerative power of the Holy Spirit that your soul is saved. And it's also by grace and by the divine empowerment of the Holy Spirit that sin has no more hold over you and me. Right? 
And we are partakers of the divine nature. Truly, we are partakers of the divine nature. And we look at that verse after this, right? So today, today, if you choose to believe and call on His power, if you choose to believe and call on His power, God's perfect love can overtake and replace every hurt that you have, every unforgiveness that you have, every bitterness that you have, every spirit of rejection, if you only choose and believe. Today, if you choose and believe and call on His power, God's joy can come and replace every depression you're facing. Perhaps you're facing depression. You're facing anxiety. Right? You're facing hopelessness. His joy can come and replace every depression, every feeling of hopelessness. See, I'm going through the fruit of the Spirit right now in Galatians, right? And today, if you choose to believe and call on His power, God's peace can fill your hearts and replace every unrest, every restlessness, every anxiety, every worry, every fear. Today, if you choose to believe and call on His power, God's patience, and this is something that I struggle with, and I am, now as this truth has come, right, I need to learn to just call on the patience of God. And God's patience can overtake you and replace every impatience, every anger, every unkind words, right? So if you're struggling with impatience, for example, know that in Christ Jesus, God has already made you a patient person. Today, if you choose to believe and call on His power, God's kindness can replace every pride, every self-righteousness, every self-seeking thought and way that you struggle with. So the question is this, how do we see ourselves today and who have we made Lord of our lives? Let's move on, number four. Our ability to live victoriously as a new creation is guaranteed through His enabling grace and empowerment. It's guaranteed, church. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. And this is what it says. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, okay? All the promises that has come through Christ Jesus, at the end of the day, that through these promises, what does the Bible say? You and I, we may be partakers of the divine nature, amen? Having escaped corruption that is in the world through lust. And so God promises us a new life in Him and this promise is for here and now. It's guaranteed, okay? So these promises are available through the resurrection and death of Jesus, amen? And it's being poured out to us through the Holy Spirit. So are we going to keep on holding on to our past? Are you going to keep on holding on to your past? Final point for today. I want you to know this. You and I, we cannot. Right? But God can and has already done everything required to make us brand new creations. 
Because in the end, it's all for whose glory? His glory, that's right. And He will not fail. He has not failed. He has already done it. Right? So at the end of the day, the question is, do we recognize it? Are we going to say yes? Are we going to really um, connect our faith with what is already there for us to activate and manifest itself, right? So God is saying this morning, and this is what 1 Corinthians chapter 2, sorry, chapter 1, verses 26 to 31 says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. Church, God is saying to you this morning, my child, I want you to see what you're called to. God is saying this morning, my child, I want you to see what you're called to. I have chosen you very specifically for this reason. Not because you're wise. See what the word says. Not because you're wise. Or not because we think we are wise. Not because we think we are mighty. If any of us think we are wise and mighty, sadly we have gotten it wrong because we are not. But the Bible says that God has chosen the what? The foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. I know that I'm not worthy. Do you know that you are not worthy? I know that I'm not worthy. I know that I'm not wise. I know that I'm not mighty. On my own, I am nothing. There are countless people better than me as I look around. And I look, as I look at my life, I look at my heart, I know the depths of the, of the wickedness in my own heart. But still, He has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, the wise things, that, the, the things that the world sees as wise, the things that the world values, the, the, the things that the world wants to exalt. Right? Next slide. And if we go on and read. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised. God has chosen and so today, if you are struggling with shame, you're struggling with the feeling of unworthiness, you're struggling with the feeling that, you know, I'm not good enough, and um, I just feel that it's never, going to be, it's never going to change, I want you to know this, that that's the lie of the devil. That's the lie of the enemy. And the enemy is trying to keep you where you are, but, he, but God is saying today, child, I have loved you with an everlasting love. You are special to me. I have already cleansed you. I have already sanctified you. I have already given you my Holy Spirit. I have already made you new. And, and regardless of how you feel of yourself, I want you to know that that's not how I, I see you. That's not how I look at you. And so will we choose to believe Him this morning? Next slide. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence, but of Him you are in Christ Jesus, next, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and what? And sanctification and redemption. Can you see that? Who is our sanctification? Jesus Christ is our sanctification. 
as it is written, He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Shall we arise, church? He has chosen sinful, broken people like you and me so that no human can take the glory at the end of the day claiming that we had a hand in our renewal. You and I, we didn't have any hand in our renewal. We could do nothing to save ourselves. We could do nothing to sanctify ourselves. We could do nothing to make ourselves new. We could do nothing to, to make ourselves have more love, more patience, more kindness, more gentleness. Jesus has done it all on that cross. The Holy Spirit has come and He has already made you new. And so Jesus Christ alone is our righteousness. He alone is our redemption. And Christ alone is our sanctification. You are not who others say you are. You are not even who you say you are. Child of God, you are who God says you are. He says you are forgiven. He says that you are a new creation. He says that you are redeemed and set free from the power of sin. He says that you are free from every bondage you struggle with. He says that you are His masterpiece, a beautiful masterpiece. And He says that you are truly loved. Today He says that you are His ambassador. He has chosen you to be His ambassador. And next time you're faced with the regret of the past, remind yourself of the future that you have in Jesus Christ. The promise that He has already given you. The, the secure future, the, the, the definite future that you have in Christ. What will you choose to believe today? Whose voice will you choose to believe today? The voices of the past, the voices of regret, the voices of trauma, the voices of betrayal, the voices of unforgiveness, rejection, the voices of anger, the voices of unworthiness. Are these the voices that you're going to choose to continue believing? Or will you choose to believe the voice of Jesus? The Lord is asking you today, do you believe that I'm able to do this child? Just as the two blind men, he asked them that question and they said yes. Will you say yes to him this morning? Will you say yes to Jesus this morning? And as you say yes, Jesus is saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. According to your faith, let it be to you. Father, yes, God, we are your children standing before you this morning. We know, Lord, that we are so privileged. We are so thankful for all that you have done for us, Lord. We today acknowledge that we are redeemed, we are saved, we are sanctified, we are renewed, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. We are completely brand new creations in Christ Jesus. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to put aside all doubts, every struggle, 
every thought that comes against what your word says of who we are in you, Lord. Remove it in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, that these strongholds in our mind will be brought down right now by the power of the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have already made us new. You have already given us your perfect peace, your perfect joy, your perfect love, your perfect patience, your perfect kindness, your perfect gentleness, your perfect self-control, the perseverance that we need, the long-suffering that we need, everything that we need, you have given it to us. We are new in you. We declare that we are new in you. And Father, so as we go into this new lunar year, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you just go before us, that you bless us, that you lead the way, Father. As your chosen ones, we choose to say yes to being your ambassadors, that we would go and carry this love of Jesus Christ to our friends, relatives, our neighbors, the people around us, that they would see that as they would see the new creation in us and they, Lord, would want to know how is this possible. I thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done. All glory to you, Lord. And all of God's people say, Amen.